So, um, I'm just going to say this again for virtue or for benefit of the recording. James chapter three. Uh, I, I recommend you read that chapter. What it's talking about there. If you're going to handle the word in any capacity, whether it's a Bible study or if it's preaching on Sunday morning, okay. James chapter three is a warning to teachers. It says, "Be you know, there shouldn't be that many teachers." Is basically what he's saying because you're going to be held to a greater responsibility, a greater condemnation. Okay, and he talks about the power of the tongue, and we often think that he's talking about you know, like you as a person, what you're saying. You need to watch what you're saying because you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself with what you're saying, and that's not wholly wrong. But really, what he's talking about there is he's talking about. As a teacher of the body, you're the, tongue, you're the member of the tongue of the body of Christ. And so as a member of the tongue, of, or as a tongue in the body of Christ, you're steering the whole body of Christ. So there's a greater accountability um, that's going to be on teachers. Everybody with me? So James chapter 3, please read that, read that warning. And, uh, uh, and so, okay, we're going to move on. So, bullet point number one here. We're going to try and get through this, but if we don't, you have the notes. Okay? Spiritual foundations. There's nothing... If you, if you know you're supposed to read the Bible, that's great. The qualification... Or, preach the Bible. The qualification is you must have a steady diet of reading the Bible and a steady diet of prayer. Okay? And so, in this outline here, we're going to go over a couple of these bullet points for for Bible reading habits. Uh, a lot of things here you might know, but but uh, you have to. It's one thing to know it. You have to be reading the Bible. I recommend minimum 30, to, 30 minutes, five days a week. 30 minutes, five days a week. That's my recommendation. Start there. Okay? So, read the Bible books at a time. Try picking a book to read multiple times in succession. So this is one method that you can become more familiar with the Word of God. Say Galatians. Galatians is five chapters. It probably takes 20 minutes to read it on whole. Okay? If you were to read that every day for a month, you would have at least 20 days or 20 times through that. It's like watching a movie. Multiple times, multiple times. You've read that book. You know it inside and out. It's like an old friend. It's going to be part of you, right? And so a lot of the nuances of what he's talking about, you're going to pick up on what he's saying. Because, you know, a lot of, especially Paul, a lot of the things that he wrote were letters answering questions. And so important to know why he's even saying what he's saying is what is the question they were asking? What was the situation they faced in that particular city? And so when you read through Galatians, when you read through it 20, 30 times, you're going to realize, hey, he's not very happy with them. (laughs) He's more unhappy with them than he is with the other churches. In fact, he only takes about six verses to say hello, and the rest of it's a complete rebuke. Whereas other books, he's saying hello, and you're great, and I'm building you up for three chapters, you know. But Galatians, he gets right in on it and says, what what are you even doing? I'm very upset, you know. (laughs) So you pick up on the structure of the book and why he's saying what he's saying. And, uh, and there's really no better way to do that except picking a book and really settling in and reading it over and over and over. And you're going to draw on that when you preach. Okay. So I'm going to let the cat out of the bag um, 
Because really what we're going for here is to be ready to preach anytime. Everybody with me? Anytime. The method that I preach or the way I prepare for services is not like this one. I usually don't do this. My preparation is a continual preparation. I'm always reading my Bible and I'm always praying. And I draw from what I have read and I draw from what I, when I pray in a service based off of that. I don't come to Sunday morning service necessarily saying, okay, what's the content I have to have in an outline so that I can deliver it and regurgitate mechanics of faith. If God wants to talk about faith, I get prompted on faith and it comes from what I've been reading as a habit. Okay? Um, You won't... There there aren't a lot of preachers that preach this way and I think part of the reason is some insecurity. They want the security of a script or they want the security of an outline and it's a crutch because it's a scary thing to, to talk in front of people, especially if it's your first time. And so they get in that habit of just going with a script and they never kind of get their head above the trees and see what is the needs of the people. They're so focused on getting the content out and getting over with the service that they're not free. And you as a minister have to be free. Everybody with me? So there has to be freedom in what you're delivering and there has to be freedom to shift gears and, 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 and to stay flexible. So these are the foundations of what comes out on a regular basis. Okay, if you're going to share, you have to have like this reservoir where God can pull from any kind of theme, any kind of subject, any kind of, you know, whoa, okay, we're going to be going to Matthew chapter 5 because we're going to be talking about, um, uh, we, we were there yesterday, but we're going to be talking about offenses or we're going to be talking about dealing with unforgiveness, okay? Or we're going to be talking about Uh, whatever the case may be, there has to be something that's flexible there to pull on. And if there is no personal time with word and prayer, that that flow is dried up, okay? Because those are the times where you stay sensitive and that's where you create create that reservoir. You're you're putting something on the inside of you that's always there. And and, uh, there's been times where I have been getting zero notice, zero notice that I'm about ready to preach. We'll go down to Louisiana, and they're very off the cuff there. And uh, I'll, I'll be standing in service, you know, holding my baby, and says, Richard, why don't you come up here and share? You know, and all right. There's been times where I was in Tulsa, and, and I had no... Now, I did get an alert. I'm going to share today. I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't... I have not... I didn't even read my Bible that morning, but I have a habit of reading the Bible, Okay. I didn't prepare anything, but I am prepared. That's the way you want to be, okay? And so you just pull from what's there. You know what's there. You know what Galatians says. You know the themes, and you can just free flow. And um, anyway, we'll, we'll get to some more of that here. So some, some, some nitpicking on, on how to read your Bible. Focus on the book as a whole, okay? Let the content context of the book interpret individual verses, Chapter-verse structure is not how the Bible was written. Keep things in context. Okay, so chapter and verses are there, but they're not, you know, reading one verse and picking it out of the context, you can make something out of nothing that's not there. Okay. 
And um, third, create a schedule. Everybody say schedule. schedule. So I, I put this little detail here because it's really approachable, and, and I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna expose anybody here, but I would venture to say uh, a lot of people don't get to the Old Testament that much. <laughs> There's probably some books there you don't know. <laughs> you know, um, it takes 72 hours to read the whole Bible from beginning to end on average. 72 hours. All right. If you're really crazy gung-ho, you could get it done in a week. <laughs> but you might not eat or sleep very much. Okay? All right. But it takes 72 hours to read the whole Bible. It only takes 11 hours on average to read the New Testament. That's not a lot of time. 11 hours to read the whole New Testament. Okay. So if you do the math, if you had 17 minutes a day, five days a week, you could read the whole Bible in one year. 17 minutes. Five days a week, you're through the Bible. Okay, double that, you're through the Bible twice. And now you're, you're cooking, okay? You're going through the Bible twice a year, it's gonna, there's going to be a lot there to pull on, okay? Uh, yeah? Um, I just wanted to make a comment. Dennis challenged me to, to read through the Bible in a year because I've never, ever done that. Yeah. Thinking, oh, my goodness, what's wrong with you? I just <laughs> never have. And I thought, how in the world am I going to fit that in, you know? But... I thought, with the technology these days, how often do we spend a half hour driving here and there or 10 minutes here and there? Right. So I have it read to me, mm-hmm. and I can do that while I'm doing laundry or whatever, you yeah. know, and I'm about a month behind, but, <laughs> you know, who cares what the timing of it is? And, um, yeah, and so, like you said, and I decided to take the chronological okay. yeah. um, perspective of it, and so it's very interesting. I, I, you know, when you think of your family, your kids, whatever, you think, oh, my gosh, how many times do we have to tell them to whatever, you know? <laughs> and I, that's what I was thinking the other day. I'm like, Lord, I think I've heard this a few times. Like, he keeps talking about how, you know, I'm going to do this because you're so terrible, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, it's not anything new. <laughs> yeah. You know, and... Um, it's 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 very doable yeah. if you use the the um, things that you have in your That's life right. already. And I forgot to. I'm glad you said that. I forgot to put that down here. Uh, it took me a while to get over this religious hump in my brain because for a long time there was a special. Um, uh, what do I want to say? There was this catch I would get if I'm not reading the Bible. It's not as powerful as listening to the Bible. And, and I, I don't believe that anymore, okay? If you're listening to it, as long as you're listening to it, okay? <laughs> as long as you're not like, okay, if you've been zoned out for the last 20 minutes, you're going to have to back it up. But the same thing goes with reading. You can zone out when you're reading, and you're going to have to back it up and start over, okay? But a lot, you know, they were, uh, Paul advocated to Timothy for the public reading, declaring of Scripture. That was one of the primary ways where a lot of people heard the Bible. They couldn't, they didn't, know how to read so whether you're listening to it i got the whole bible on my phone bluetooth it to your car or put it in your ears you know, listen to it read it yeah and i would also recommend to listen to it in a different version than what you're used to because yes. the verses that you've heard over and over you zone those out because right. you can say them forwards and backwards that's right but if it's in a different version all of a sudden a new light comes in and that's been interesting to me as well that that's a that's what we've experienced too. I've I've been a King James person mm-hmm. most of my life, reading it in the ESV or now they have the Passion translation, which is a very good New Testament translation. Um, 
you know, amplified if you want. That's going to take you longer, <laughs> but <laughs> you can you can go in the amplified. But it does. It'll hit you different. Get different nuances of the meaning. So, I, that is great stuff. I make those notes. I don't have those points in here. Okay, so um, but that's very important. But it is very doable. And um, you know, I've we've got our fourth kid. God has got me doing other things, reading other things, and I'm I'm on my fourth time through the New Testament this year. Because it's not a huge time commitment. Now, I've, I've not been very diligent about it at all, but I've still been able to get... I'm on time number four. So uh, it's very doable. Half, I, I, I would shoot for half hour a day. Half hour a day, five days a week. You're going to be beyond a once through the Bible. Okay, And if you need to listen while you drive, you're probably already there. Okay. So those are those are good points, and if you know if you guys think of something or something springs to your mind, go ahead and share it in the moment, and we'll do that at the end too. But sometimes it fits better with what I'm sharing right there, like that did. So, um, spiritual foundation number two: make sure you're spending time in prayer. Okay, uh, I'll tell you my minimum. My minimum is is I try to do 30 minutes reading the Bible. I try to do an hour praying a day. That's what I try to do. I get up at five. I pray for an hour. I read for half an hour. That's my schedule. And, and uh, that's my minimum. That's what I try to do. But I, I'm full-time minister, and, and now I'm doing other things, so I'm kind of, kind of part-time minister too. But, but if you're going to share the Word, that's kind of what I do. I'm not putting that out there as a, a roadblock. If you're not near that, that's not a problem. Okay, That's not a formula. Start with 15 minutes if you have to start with 15 minutes. Stay flexible. But uh, it's, I want to interject here. It's not goal-oriented relationship. It's not, okay, let's make sure I get my five hours with God in this week. You know, I don't approach Natalie that way. Right? I know that I need to spend so much time with Natalie, but it's not like, okay, let's check off my time with Natalie. Right? That would, go, would not go very far. <laughs> and we do this with God, and we come at it from the wrong heart because we start to make it about a checklist and not about what we want. And the truth is you have to cultivate a relationship with God where it's not, okay, I have to read my Bible today. It's okay, I'm going to read my Bible today. (laughs) It's not, okay, I have to pray today. It's okay, I get to spend time talking to God today. And and if it's not, um, you know, like if you're going to the beach, you don't have to have anybody say, okay, let's let's make sure we spend our time on the beach, okay? (laughs) It's refreshing, right? Or whatever it is, there's a time of refreshing. And if your relationship, this is just a little check, if your relationship with God is not a time of refreshing, you're doing it wrong. You know? Uh, and that doesn't mean He's not going to correct you, but if there's, if there's no heart, there's no life, it's a drudge, it's dreary, it's bah, there's something wrong, you know? So make sure you're approaching it with the right motive, not a religious duty mindset, primarily love heart mindset. Okay, in doing these things. That's the heart behind this. And I set these things out as examples, but don't make them religious, okay? All right. An active, this is really important. Number one of part B, active prayer life is what brings life and inspiration to your sharing, your preaching, okay? It is not, oh, sorry, it is the illumination of the Spirit that brings understanding to the Scriptures, not necessarily much study. Everybody highlight that, underline that. 
not necessarily much study. If you want a good example of lots of study, no, no inspiration, you can look at the Pharisees. They had that Torah memorized when they were, I don't know, 13 or whatever it was. Lots of study, wrong direction. Okay? Paul, lots of study until that moment with Jesus where he was illuminated. Okay? Not a whole lot of, not, not the right direction. You can look at all the apostles. Things were hidden to them before Jesus. They did not understand the parables. It says the meaning was hidden from them. The people, their ears were closed. But once they got filled with the Spirit, what was the very first thing they did once they were filled with the Spirit? They went out and boldly proclaimed and witnessed about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you read the messages that they share. They're completely inspired. It's, they're mm-hmm. powerful, natural messages. They're not a, a, they're not a regurgitating of a doctrine. They're, they're life-giving things. And, and if God is willing to inspire messages before kings and, and when your life's at stake, he's willing to inspire messages when you come preach on Sunday morning. Okay? So uh, allow the... Um, your prayer time is what makes that possible. You're sensitive to him. You're listening. Okay? Talk to the Holy Spirit and ask him what verses means. He will build themes. He will make connections between the books. Okay? No prayer, no life. So... This and the Holy Ghost agree, and they go together, okay? Pick a book and and meditate on it, meditate on it, meditate on it, and then when you're praying, ask the Holy Spirit what it means. Don't presume you know, okay? So those are the foundation. That's the wellspring that you're drawing from. In many ways, that's the most important part of everything we're talking about. Uh, And those things have to become routine in your life in order to be effective minister. If, if If you don't hear the rest of this, that's the most important thing right there. You'll figure the rest out. But, but, but we're going to go on to the rest anyway. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, public speaking. Um, it's a scary thing for a lot of people. And you're just going to have to do it. You know, there's no, there's no, there's no substitute. There's no amount of book reading you can do to eliminate that fear. Uh, the only thing to do to eliminate that fear is exposure. At least that's what I understand. Okay. When he says to step up there, you step up there. When, you, when the time comes where you're, you're sitting in front of somebody, you have to just do it. And it's not, your spirit may be 100% you're prepared, your soul, <laughs> you know, your knees might shake, your voice might quake. It will, okay? It's okay. Okay? The reason why people aren't good at it and don't do it is because they don't practice. Okay? And in it, from a natural, natural standpoint, practice is key. Okay, you can not be a Christian, not know the Word of God at all, but if you practice this, it's, you're going to get better at it. People make a living doing it. Okay. Okay. Now, what I advocate for, I kind of, I kind of let the cat out of the bag because I wanted to set set the stage for why I was talking about uh, reading the Bible in prayer. But natural free speaking is the best way to present almost all material. Almost all material. Um, ditch the script. Don't read sermons. I mean, you can go find people that read their sermons. It's a bore. People are not in it. They know the person reading it is not in it. I don't see people read sermons anymore. And, and, and you very, I mean, if you do see them, I, uh, you know, in love, share this with them, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to. But, but if you ever see, there, there are some old timers that will just read their, 
read their sermon. And they Sunday deliver. nominations to it every Sunday. Do they? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So go and listen. I, when I was in Tulsa, I had to do five different uh, churches. We went to Catholic, we went to Lutheran, we went to Methodist, we went to Pentecostal, and you could just see the spectrum uh, and the when lifelessness. You, when you were at ORU. Yeah, when I was at ORU. So it was um, a project I had to do for, for sermon prep. And, um, and you just got a good feel of what different people dealt with and, and what you received from, you know. And I, when I went to the Catholic Church, it was all in Latin. Nobody there speaks Latin. Oh, my. Serious? Oh, yeah. And I was like, we're sitting, me and Nat were sitting there. What's the purpose of that? Oh, it's, well, that's old school when you're doing Latin. Yes. And the Pope just recently, rabbit trail, Pope just recently was advocating for less Latin speaking. And because oh, it's, nice. so, I mean, because he's like, people don't speak Latin anymore. You're out of touch, you know. Yeah, you know. It's hard to show it, amen. It's hard, yeah, that's right. It's just a different animal, and it's, it's you know, your, your checklist, as it is, it's a checklist, and your holiness is being there present when he's blessing you with the Latin scriptures, you know. So it's just, that's a whole other level. But I'm not saying you can't get something out of listening to somebody read their sermon, okay? And I've sat through services where they've had things, that they had a ministry letter they wanted to read, and it took 20 minutes, but I was just bored out of my mind because there's no eye contact, Right? There's no engagement. There's no, you know, and, and, and those are things I didn't write down here, but you want to make sure you're staring at people. You want to make sure you're engaging with people. Um, this, it's just not engaging. You know, you know they're not there. Okay? And you don't want to read their faces. You don't want to look at their faces. Look at their faces too much. You can, you can look at them, but don't. Yeah. Don't, you, don't, don't, yeah, that's right. Ignore their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Faces. <laughs> because sometimes... Sometimes there's just not a lot of encouragement there. <laughs> you know, it's just the case. Uh, and that's not always their fault. I, I, I keep in mind that when I was listening and I was sitting there, I'm not naturally very, I wasn't very naturally emotional. I wouldn't yell, amen, you know, and especially here in Iowa, everybody kind of keeps to themselves. You're not going to get a lot of the hooting and hollering and hallelujah, you know, it's, except for maybe Craig once in a while, you know. So... But but don't take it personally. That's another good point. If you're <laughs> if you don't, it, this is not on here, so you can take notes. Don't take that personally. Yeah. Uh, don't like their facial expressions. You don't know what they're thinking or what they've been through or what their car ride ride was like over here. You know, you don't know. So. There's a scripture for somewhere that says not to look at their face. Yeah, I know it, but I don't know where it's I, at. Me so. too. I I would just to show more <laughs> excitement as you're preaching on Sunday. <laughs> I would think one of the hardest things these days is the cell phone thing. Yeah. 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 And the lack of contact again. So it's like a, a bigger hurdle for the speaker for yeah. whatever reason to keep people's attention above and beyond that. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of churches will have the no cell phone sign, which kind of helps mitigate that. But in terms of the interruption, but you don't. You don't know if they're looking at their Bible anymore or if they're texting somebody. And uh, I just always assume, I, I just assume they're diligently uh, following along with me in their Bible app, you know. Um, so, and, and, and that's something, ad lib, that's something else you'll notice is that people think that they're hidden in the 
in the crowd. Like he doesn't, we, you see everything. You see everybody. You notice a lot of things. You know when people fall asleep. You know, it's just, I mean, maybe in a, I, I have most of my experience in small, small churches. <laughs> I think I think I've seen very few uh, speakers like in church settings, but I thought it was really creative when they didn't try to say no to what's going on in mm-hmm. our lives, the cell phone thing. Yeah. But they used it. Okay, uh-huh. everybody look upon your cell phone. No, oh, I want to know this information. I yeah. have thirty seconds and and everybody was like, oh, oh you know. Okay. I thought that was really creative. Yeah, that is. They didn't just try to like, oh, this is such a drag, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I was impressed with that. Yeah, I think so. I think you was, you got to adapt. It was like a youth group, um, in, but I thought that was just, you know, go with the flow. Right. Use it for good. Yeah. 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 Nathan now does all of his messages with his little tablet. He doesn't do the Bible anymore, so. And I've seen, um, I don't advocate for this but it's a unique feature um you know you can have people text text you questions about or, or you know themes for bible study i've seen guys prepare their messages based off of text response <laughs> so like he would he would say look you guys want to hear about this subject this subject or this subject text and they would frame their message over that subject you know that's you know that's that's cute for if you want to if you want to answer questions. Um, and I think there's a place for that. Uh, so, um, but, but you still want to keep, keep the Holy Ghost at top. And you can set that up with, on a screen, too, mm-hmm. where you have pre, pre-questions, mm-hmm. and you can have people text their answers, and you can see percentage of A, yeah. B, C, D. That's what he did. And then, and then you can really he preached get an on idea yeah. to where things are at. Yeah, and so if you can utilize technology like that in a Bible study... I think that's a really good it idea. It is. So um, let's see. Yeah. So those are all good points. Uh, make notes because I don't have those points here. Um, there will always be a first time. It won't be perfect. Everybody with me? It won't be perfect. <laughs> okay. So practice. And always say yes when people ask you to share. Okay? <laughs> you got to have that mindset. Uh, you have to, because that's how you stretch. Okay? And uh, just because you're called to preach doesn't mean you'll ever preach. That's just the reality. Uh, and, and you have to have that flexibility to step up and say, and I always have that yes on the inside of me, unless there's a no. But most, I, I can't ever remember the Holy Ghost ever telling me, no, don't share right now. I don't ever remember that. Um, there might be times where he holds me back and how long I share, but it's always a yes. So if you're, and I believe you're called to share, <laughs> Jerry. So, <laughs> so it's a yes, you know, and, and, and you, have to, you have to take that leap, okay? And, and uh, make mistakes. So. Um, I have done this. This next one. Silly. Feels silly. But it's good. Okay. Preach in front of a mirror. Or preach in front of friends and family. Okay. Uh, and, and especially. I would say. I would just put a little caveat in here. Especially if you're doing. A, if you happen to have to do a funeral or a wedding. 
or it's a little bit more scripted, practice what you're going to say. Um, because you know, some people are very natural. Natalie is a very natural speaker. Sometimes people want to have all of their ducks in a row and they, have, they want to know how things are going to flow. If you're that kind of person, and, and I would just recommend in general, practice. Okay? Spend time practicing. Um, it's not an unspiritual thing. Okay. Uh, I, I, some of my earliest memories, how I knew I was called to preach is I would just feel it and I would just start doing it and I would be practicing and I would be in the dorm room and I would be, you know, practicing and I would share things and I'd have people walk in on me while I was like yelling at myself in the mirror, you know, it was just a, and, and I still remember Brian, he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm preaching. <laughs> so, uh, don't, that's not unspiritual. Okay, that's practical. Okay? Nothing wrong with that. Live, and I've said this, just a reminder, live ready to share. Preparation is done in your reading and prayer time. Flow in the moment. You never know when you'll be given a mic. That is really true. You don't know. Be ready. Be ready. God will, God will set it up. He'll blindside you. Okay? Share your experiences. Okay, now this is a little bit more on the, uh, the content side. Uh, when, you're, when you're sharing, share your experiences, but don't elevate them to doctrine. Okay, so it's, it's really important to create a distinction between what you experience and what the Bible says is true. Okay, maybe God talks to you a certain way. Maybe God is, is a, uh, or, or he uses a method to communicate to you, or you have a vision, or you feel like you've gone to heaven. But don't, don't, I've seen this done in, and over time, it's damaging to people, okay? If you continue to preach your experience, your experience, and you link up Scripture with your experience, people start to view the Bible through your experience, and they start to believe that's how they receive from God. And if it doesn't happen that way for them, something's wrong, okay? Maybe God doesn't talk to you line on line, word by word. Okay, a lot of times God will talk to you and impressions and things. So, for example, God talks to me through what I saw in a movie. Therefore, now go and watch movies and listen to how God talk to you. You know? So, so, I've had that. I've had God give me inspiration from a movie I watched. Okay? But that doesn't mean every time I talk about hearing God's voice, I talk about watching movies. Okay? Most people don't take it to that extreme, but I have seen people take it to extremes where... Always their experience, always their experience, and before you know it, experience is shaping people's discipleship. And that's not how we do it. You stick real close to this and, and let your experiences be a supplement, but, but provide the caveat, you know, Scripture says you're going to, my sheep hear my voice. <laughs> whether it's through a movie, maybe. You know, whether it's while you're driving, maybe. But my sheep hear my voice. Don't put God in a box where God doesn't put himself in a box. Does that make sense? Okay. Note opinions you have and differentiate them from clear stances in Scripture. Um, so if you have an opinion, feel free to share it, but say it's your opinion. Um, if you don't know, I, I most if you don't know it, don't preach it. If it's not real solid and you don't, don't go out on a limb and yeah. take everybody on a rabbit trail where you're not sure, okay? Uh, so if you're not 100% sure... You can say, I have this opinion or I feel like God's maybe trying to show me something, but I'm not sure about it. But for the most part, I would just leave that to yourself and stick to what the Bible's saying. Okay? Any thoughts or 
Anything spring off of that? Anybody want to share? Mom, you got anything? Uh, no. no? Okay. okay. I'm supposed to, right? <laughs> no, well, I'm, yeah, you're supposed to be ready. I'm supposed to be ready. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> We're doing good. We're doing good. I was you know, hoping to be done in an hour, so... Um, <clears throat> so we're going to move on to different types of services, uh, and um, I'm going to start with what we call Sunday morning service, um, and not and, and that's not to say all Sunday mornings have to be approached this way. There are some Sunday mornings where God has me create maybe something like this that there's specific stuff we need to cover. Um, I've seen God inspire ministers to preach uh, 20, 30 part sermons over specific books of the Bible. And they're very methodical and they're very, and so God, don't, don't limit the Holy Spirit's inspiration to everything has to be uh, off the cuff every Sunday, okay? Um, or, or every time you're asked to preach, it doesn't always have to be off the cuff. God may start impressing on you, we need to do a series on um, biblical money principles. We need to start doing a series on faith. We need to start doing a series on healing. And there's going to be themes and approaches and content that you're going to have to think forward. Okay, but but what I'm saying here, Sunday morning service, there's a certain amount of flexibility in some of these messages, and you want to draw from that well and be flexible to share what God is inspiring in the moment. You never know who's going to be there. You don't. There could be one person that needs to hear the gospel and God's going after them. And you may think, well, everybody knows that Jesus died. They need to know Jesus died. And you have to be not self-conscious enough to just start talking about that. And say, you know. And if you feel like you need to inform the people that that's what we're doing, you can do it that way. But you also want to make sure that you're not alienating or excluding somebody that's sitting there in front. And you know, everybody knows they need Jesus, you know. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit will help you be sensitive to all those things. Um, and uh, so, but, so here's what I do on a typical Sunday morning. If I don't feel any particular inspiration, it's going to be a series. Uh, I pray beforehand and listen for themes, verses, concepts that you feel prompted to speak on. Sometimes it's just an impression. Sometimes it's just a word. Uh, you might hear God talk about offense, and then, and then all of a sudden, you know, all you'll hear is the word offense, and you'll start talking about, you know, how to talk to other people. And there'll be times where all I'll hear is care, and maybe I'll hear nothing up until where I stand up there, and I you, there's just this impression, or you can feel it, see it. People are loaded down with care, okay? And, and, and because you've been reading your Bible regularly, you know, Philippians, cast all your care. <laughs> you know, you know those verses, you know where to go, you know how to, to, to share that content and minister the Spirit and minister grace to the hearers, okay? Okay, so I will listen beforehand. I, a lot of times I would just sit there and pray, get an hour before service and just pray, um, this doesn't always happen to me. It's happened some, but I've heard some people say that they, God will show them bit by bit um, 
or not bit by bit, but point by point things that will happen in the service. Okay? Um, Nathan has told me that has happened to him. He knew what was going to happen before the service and then it followed that way. He didn't make it happen that way. I have had the Holy Ghost highlight to me before service started there's going to be somebody needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Okay? So that's where you feel flexible and you, you adapt to those people that are there in the moment. Okay? Um, so um, be open to impressions and feel of service in the moment. Just keep in mind what is God doing during worship? All right? Uh, what is his heart for the people? Do you need to preach at all? All right? Um, sometimes you don't. I know this is maybe beyond the scope of Bible study, but this is preparation for feeling free to do anything, right? Anything. Sometimes there isn't a, a message to preach. It's, it's, it's ministry or, or we would do worship for the whole hour and God just moves and talks to people heart to heart, right? Mm-hmm. Those are things that can't be taught. They're experienced, okay? Stay flexible and rely on the wellspring supplied through your prayer times. You're not giving a presentation on a specific subject. You're being open to share on anything and everything. Okay. So uh, those are important things to keep in mind in what you call a Sunday morning. Okay. Air quotes, Sunday morning. Uh, Class Bible study. Okay. Some of this is pretty obvious. Okay. Know the material you'll cover without needing an outline. The outline is your reference, not your crutch. Okay. An outline can turn into reading a script real quick. You know, like if you write out everything you're going to say, it's going to become a script and you're just going to read it with everybody else. So uh, it's a reference point. It's not a crutch. Okay. I I recommend having open-ended questions ready um, because a Bible study is, is a way where you can engage with other people and share and help make them feel open to share other things. Um, and, and it's a two-way street where people are able to interact. Uh, it helps. It really helps cement, I think, what, what they're learning. Um, and it provides, like, what's happened here just naturally, other things that are added that are, that are filling out the Bible study. Um, uh, because there's, you're not going to have everything down. In the Holy Ghost, there's multiple parts of the body that, that are open to share, okay? So... Um, this next point here, we did a, we did a discipleship class early this year at, at uh, Good Tree. And one of the most effective parts, I thought, of it was having a practical assignment at every one. And so if you do lead a Bible study, I would recommend thinking of some kind of um, homework that you can give people to practice and implement um, the subject that you're dealing with. Okay. Uh, if you're doing a course on evangelism, uh, find a way to integrate evangelism into the homework assignment. That doesn't mean you have to be an expert, go talk to everybody, but but find a way to, t- you know, how do you share your faith in a practical way? Do that during the week and come back and we'll talk about your experience. You know, that's an example of something. Uh, in our discipleship class where we were trying to get new believers into having healthy uh, prayer life, we would say go uh, pray for 30 minutes every day, come back and talk, and we would get in their business a little bit, you know. Uh, you can't always get in people's business on Sunday mornings, but you can get in people's business in, in, a, in a class setting. And we'd say, well, so did you do your reading? 
you know, and then, yeah, yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't do my reading. Why didn't you do your reading? You know, what got in the way? Uh, uh, and so those, because the Bible, and I wrote this down, uh, the Bible is a doing book, all right? The Bible is a doing book. What we learn, we should put into practice. There's not a whole lot of theoretical in the Bible. It's a doing book. Amen. And uh, you may want to consider thinking ahead what the scope of the Bible study would be. Is it going to be a four, six, eight, ten week Bible study? What's it going to cover? Um, that not only helps give you focus and direction, but it helps give the people focus and direction. They know what kind of time commitment and they can assess up front whether or not they want to be a part of that. So you can tell them we're going to be doing a 10-week course and we're going to be covering uh, the Pauline epistles. We're going to be covering all of the books that Paul wrote. And we're going to, you know, that might be kind of a, <laughs> uh, what's the word? Um, uh, oh, it's escaping me. You might be kind of, uh, you might not have enough time to do 10 weeks for that. But but you know what I'm saying. Uh, create a schedule and, and, um, and that gives people a... a an end goal and say, well, I did all 10 weeks of that. Okay. Um, still stay flexible. God's plan is always uh, a priority. So um, I'm sure, has anybody, has anybody led Bible studies here before? Show of hands. Yeah. I, do you have any experiences you'd like to share or any insight you'd one like to of, share, Francis? One of the things that I struggle with, with this group of people is that they come in and want to talk about everything going on at the trailer park. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, trying to get them transitioned back into... Right. And I want them to communicate, but it's sometimes, you know, hard to get them back on track. On track. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. so I mean in that situation I mean do you get content covered and then they just change the subject entirely well they come in and they start talking and sometimes I can be on a subject and they'll change the subject you know they'll ask a question or something and then I'm trying to you know and so yeah it's um, it's right (laughs) (laughs) Um, most people take a hint you know (laughs) You know, with the comment like, okay, let's rein it in here. We're going to get started. Um, but I also, the person who is supposed to be the person um, over the trailer park, sometimes she, I have trouble getting her on the right track too, mm-hmm. you know. Right. I mean, I can tell them something, sometimes um, something and read it right from the Bible and she'll still take it back to her own thinking and how she's stuck, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, well, and and so, you know, with that particular situation, sometimes one of the best probing ways is not necessarily to directly contradict him, but to ask questions, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what God did with Adam. He's like, "Where are you?" Like God doesn't know, you know. But but but. But you know, if if that if that's something like they're just taking that verse and they're completely butchering it and making it mean well, something they're they not. They all you know. have kind of poor thinking, yeah. and so that's a real challenge sometimes to try to help them understand their thinking is off. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Right. Okay, God. 
this? Sure. I mean, I would just continue to 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 be a steadying influence. Um, it, it it can be difficult to. I mean, that's that's the point. You're supposed to be salt and light, and to be able to interject gracefully, graciously, and 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 to steer the conversation. Uh, know that for every person that uh, spearheads and drags the whole group into an irrelevant line of thinking, mm-hmm. you as the the moderator of the discussion or the class, if you don't correct them, they're wasting everybody else's time. And so uh, even though they might be oblivious to that or they might be good-hearted or good-natured, if you don't feel like you can do that publicly or you feel like that would be too much for them, I would go talk to them privately okay. and do them, the, do them the service of saying, hey, look, there is some specific content I'm trying to share. And, and I, uh, I want to be able to have a space to talk about some of the things you're talking about, but if it's not in line with the questions, I would just go back and say, hey, look, and I would talk to them privately, and if they're not responding to private correction, they, they will likely respond to public correction. So for, the, for, the, let's, for, the, for the sake of the group as a whole, let's stay on topic. You know? yeah. And that'll, you know, that's going to start triggering some things. Uh, I've been a part of, I've gone to a Bible study, Bible study down south, uh, and those guys are just so open. Um, they, they're a bunch of Cajun guys, you know. And uh, this one guy just rules the thing with an iron fist. And, and everybody gets to share, but if somebody gets off track and talking about it, they say, hey, now, Jerry, that's not what we're talking about today. You just you just took that all in the wrong direction. Let's get back to what we're talking about with the word here. And they just all sit there and take it, you know. And we Midwesterns would probably just curl up and blow. Oh, my gosh. You know, so... <laughs> Something uh, um, we we led uh, the money management course, Dave Ramsey, and something and we went through. We had to go to Minnesota and get trained in it. And, mm-hmm. and one of the things that that he required was that it that at the very beginning you went around the room and you you had a scripture you had to memorize. You had a lesson you had to read, and you had homework you had to read. Oh, really? And you went around the room, but each person had to do the verse, had to say whether they did it. And if they didn't have it done, they didn't get to speak at all during the lesson. Ah. And that and and the reason for that he did he didn't want because sometimes you'll get a loud mouth person, yeah. right? And so he didn't want to manipulate. Yeah, and so he didn't want the loud person giving their opinions right. when they hadn't gone taken the time to go through lessons. So and everybody knew that from the very beginning. So it didn't right. it really didn't point anybody out. Yes. You knew that if you came and you didn't have everything done, you didn't get a talk. Yeah. And and you know, and everybody knew that. Yeah. So then if you were still trying to do it, oh, I'm sorry. Did, That's good. Did you want to say your verse now? <laughs> you know, remember, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And, so, and it worked really well. That that's a really good point, and that would be a really good practice uh, in starting it. Like very first day one Bible study, these are the rules of engagement for the course, uh, so that everybody's on the same page. We are not going to digress into. Let's try and stay on topic, you know, and have have some kind of accountability there. That's an excellent. I've never even heard of that, but yeah. you did that to me when we did our little financial class, oh, didn't we? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I remember. I think one time didn't have her. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't get a talk. And she, oh, yeah. she, she was what? <laughs> now, you didn't have to duct tape her mouth like you did. Right? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I think I still talk. 
Yeah, you will, and uh, um, you will have a lot of different people that that want to share, and, and and you do have to keep them on on track. That's on you, and, uh, and so for the, the sake of the group. Is the first meeting was an informational meeting. Mm-hmm. You're just coming to get the information, and that's when you set the rules. So then, if they decide that they're going to come back, that means they've agreed yeah. to how the meeting's going to be held. Well, sometimes I have like a variety because like somebody will come and won't come back for like six eight weeks you yeah. know a year actually one lady showed up this this last time she hadn't been there in a year really? because of covid she mm-hmm. did she was afraid to come and so you know it's sure. interesting the by the yeah. difference in who comes and who doesn't and then what you may want, if that's, you know, and you can structure it however you want. Uh, but, but if you have kind of an open attendance like that where you don't know who's going to be there, you could print out a little piece of paper that says these are, these are some of the rules we keep to keep us focused on the study. You know, in one, two, three, uh, we respect how long we talk, you know. We stay on subject. You just have them there uh, and, and hand them out to people when they come in or something like that that... Yeah resets them that this isn't trailer park gossip hour or something you know (laughs) yeah so something else you might want to do francis is if you if you've been doing this for a long time and have the same problems for a long time is take a break Mm -hmm. take a two week off hey we're going to take you know we're going to take two weeks of summer off we're going to take two weeks because of this holiday yeah and then reset the whole group and then Mm -hmm. come back and say hey we're going to start up, but today's going to be different. We're going to do information on how we're going to proceed from here on. Then if they still want to continue, you know, then they can continue. If they don't, and if, then if then take Richard's ideas of, you know, you just got to <laughs> Well, and I'm not aside. sure they're coming for the Bible study. Mary always does the dinner, and that's what she always coaxes them to come to eat. So, you know, I'm not always sure that they're for the Bible study. Well, maybe you get rid of the food. Well, that's what I would really like to do that. Well, do it. If you're in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, are you the one in charge? Well, I'm not sure I'm in charge. That's where you need to start. Because Mary's the one who does all the fun calls invite yeah, okay. everybody to come and yeah but if yeah. she's invited you to be the leader yeah she then there is a point of taking charge yeah that you have to yeah and i would just have an honest conversation you know. with her and you know and yeah and uh and and, and just say look uh if we're going to do this i would like to have some some structure to it and i would like to to have a plan and maybe change the feel of how this has been going because we're not really covering some of the things we want to cover and and just you know get her on board with it and she can ha- continue to handle the food maybe but but um but yeah like like what Jeff said if you just need to reset the culture reset the environment reset the expectations uh, call it off and start something else possibly yeah, then it probably feels more like you're starting fresh or starting a new mm-hmm. session yeah mm-hmm. you break it up 
not just this ongoing Bible study that we just do every single week indefinitely. I I find too with insecurity that I feel leading a group like I don't know everything there is about what we're talking about Mm -hmm. is if you have some materials that are giving you the boundaries of you know maybe maybe you're reading it reading Mm -hmm. through and then there's discussion questions but at least everybody just heard Mm-hmm. the basis of the truth and yeah. then the questions come along that are probably in that material that you yeah. just yeah. read yeah. because if you if you get like I was doing high school with kids when we had a youth group up at our place and they didn't know penalty squat mm-hmm. I mean you couldn't even carry on a conversation with what God's word said because they had no idea mm-hmm. I mean they didn't even, mm-hmm. even defining what cheating was I'm yeah. like like, yeah. that's cheating. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. If you don't get caught, it's not cheating. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> you know? And so and so if you have if you have some of these these parameters, you, I guess it, it comes down to you have to know your group. Yeah. Like what is it? Like are they able to carry on a little bit of knowledge of God's word or are they just so mm-hmm. like Clueless to mm-hmm. any of it, mm-hmm. then you've got a whole different direction you needed to, mm-hmm. to, to right. go. You right. know, and that really helped me with those high school girls because I was just amazed at the lack of yeah. That's true. That is that's that. a good point. Knowledge or wisdom, or a, a good little note to make in this is be sensitive to your to your audience, mm-hmm. um, and in and in um, Bible studies it's easier to know that. I feel like on Sunday mornings you kind of have to rely on the Holy Ghost because you don't you don't know what everybody's dealing with or you know you get a straggler in and how much they know. Well, um, this group you definitely know what they're dealing yeah. with because everybody's talking <laughs> and you know this right. went on this and you know so and so at that trailer did such and such you know and the police were here today yeah. you know and, <laughs> yeah. and you, 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 where you, in the Bible does it talk <laughs> about that? <laughs> you may consider because they're getting something out of that. And yeah. they're and they're 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 just enjoying talking. So you may consider saying, "Look, do you, maybe we should separate the functions, and yeah. you know, we continue to do this and have food and have get-togethers, mm-hmm. uh, but we, we don't try and make Bible. a Bible study out of it. Let's do yeah. Bible studies on X Y Z day, you know." Yeah. Um, if you do your like social hour like before lunch, then you do your lunch and then take a little break. <laughs> and we the do Bible that, study first. We have like, don't do it, do it last. Yeah. And then those who only want the social and the food, get them out of there. <laughs> you know, and they'll, they'll go home. Yeah. If they're done that. Especially if you're very concrete on what the Bible says it's going to be. No, no quick coming. Well, I yeah. have had some that have quick coming. Mm-hmm. I had one that was a very manipulative person and we had prayed for her and um, she's not even having anything to do with much with anybody at the trailer park at mm. this point so yeah. and, which that's not what we wanted for her you know we wanted her to grow some more but sure. she chose so what do you do yeah, yeah. anybody else uh, I also think it's really important to listen to what directions that they are wanting to go to because mm-hmm. obviously those are some things that are near and dear and concerns yeah. on their heart yeah. whether it be a family issue whether it be you know like how do you how do you fit 
you know, like if you're doing adults, how do you deal with in-laws? How do you yeah. deal with differences of holidays? You know, like right. honestly, yes, God's word doesn't say on Christmas you need to do this. Right. right. But what is the heart behind it? And what is your approach? Are you yeah. going into Christmas offended already so mm -hmm. that Christmas is next? Mm -hmm. You know? So then, uh -huh. like, we, you know, our lady the other day talked about offense, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, gosh, we all deal with that, right? <laughs> and, that, and that was probably the biggest eye-opener, like, when Natalie spoke. Yeah. I was like, That's good. And I probably spend at least, you know, at one time each day feeling offended about something. <laughs> I do, because I... Oh, I'm not laughing. I'm no, just... No, I am it's, laughing. It's, it's so He's easy. related. Yeah, 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 that's right. It's so easy to... With you, to not at you. I mean, you, you, re you really yeah. realize how... I guess my point is, is make the Bible study, like, yeah. applicable. Right. Not just this theory yeah. of... Whatever you know, people get tired of that. Yes, they want they want to walk away that, that they yeah, can they apply it. to it, mm -hmm. apply it to their lives right then and there. In God's word, there's no reason that it can't be that. That's right. Every time. Yeah. You know, so that's why I think it's good that you you uh, know your group. Yeah. And like with these high school girls, you know, it was the basics, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they would walk away just like God's word does not say that. And I'm like. Let's read it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it does. Yeah. You know? And and then you have to then you have to take the people that are really like contradicting you, pull them aside and say, Can I talk to you more about this later? I says it sounds like you're really struggling with this new idea. You know? Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah. It was hard. Right. But it was good. It challenged me mm -hmm. to That's know right. what do I believe about some yeah. of that stuff and why, you know. You may you may love really really heavy academic study type feel to a Bible study, but that might not be what anybody needs. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really really good point to know your audience and make sure you're, you're staying flexible to what what they're needing. Um, so, um, anybody else done a Bible study that that's got wants to share? There's two or three there. Anybody else? Jerry? No. <clears throat> Um, I know you all know this, but, but I just want to reiterate again, reading the Bible prayer, uh, you're going to run into people that they know the Bible and they're real confident and they're going to spit at you. I, you know, <laughs> high school girls, I, does, the Bible doesn't say that. It absolutely does say that, you know. <laughs> and, and the more, uh, and you're going to find, the more you read this, I know I do, that I have, uh, there's things I say that aren't in here. And then you got to work them out of what you're saying. You got to work them out of your belief system. You got to work them out of your doctrine, and you don't give that to more people. You know, if it's not in here, we're not saying it. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't applications to you know, like what she's talking about, how to deal with family on holidays. But there is a heart behind it, and so we don't need to be preaching things extra biblical. Okay, you may have a theory. You may have a theory about what's going on in the government behind the scenes. Okay. Bible says to pray for our leaders. Let's do that. You know what I'm, because you're. Let's stick to what's essential. And, and there's too much non-essential that gets elevated to essential. And we 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 link the Bible up with all of this opinion. We get we link the Bible up with all of this theory. I I hope I'm not going to hit anybody here with this, but I know really good people I love that know the scriptures 
but they bring the scriptures up to the level where they say the earth is flat. And they, they preach it to everybody. And, and I, you, will, you will not be preaching for me. <laughs> or, or you will not be preaching that because that's not Bible. You know, and they've got verses, but I know their verses and they're not. Their, no, no. So, so like we don't we don't need to link all this extra government conspiracy flat earth. We don't need to link all that with the scriptures and try and peddle it all together. OK, so the Bible doesn't need to do that for you. Um, keep them. Keep those things separate. Um, I, I really feel like we've accomplished the heart of of what this was for um, before I would even cover funeral or wedding because that's really that was just more for your benefit you can look at that if you want many of you may not ever do a funeral or a wedding but you there might be an opportunity to share at a funeral alright uh, you can keep some of these things in line or in in, in, uh, in your mind in doing that uh, but, but is there anything that you know when we're talking Anybody like to share? Any questions? Any comments? Any thoughts? Josh? No, we we you know when we're talking about doing reading the Bible and stuff, and I I've been when I go to the Y, like normally I I uh, I listen to music and stuff, but I started listening to the Bible, and like I was going uh, through Exodus and, and Leviticus, you know it's you know it's stuff where like Exodus where he's talking, God's telling Moses about what Aaron's going to wear in the yeah. temple and how they're going to build this. And I was like, yeah. oh, <laughs> And then it gets into level and gets when they're talking about uh, sacrificing and stuff. I'm like, oh! <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, that stuff is... Takes you know, some time. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, yeah, give me best part of this little letter. <laughs> I'm mean, like, you know that... <laughs> you, your brain... Was that pretty much it? <laughs> You're just really frustrated well, I, with Leviticus, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I want to. You know, I'm, I'm sure like, God will like, use it somewhere. There's a lot of that you're going to need to know that for. But I'm like, wow, you know, like yeah. type in a shadow. Yeah. Type in a shadow. I, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but I mean, that was. Uh, but you know, read the Bible and stuff. It is crazy. You know, it is cool. Like I've seen the movie the Mos, you know, Moses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, and, and uh, you know, and so I kind of know the events. You know, there's there was there's more to like the the signs that Moses was doing to the Pharaoh and stuff, but um, than in the movie. But um, but it's it's cool that you know, like I never knew how how the Israelites actually got in Egypt until. Mm-hmm. I started, you know, until I started listening to the book and stuff, you know, the brother, yeah. and I can't remember all the names, but the brother was sold to the Egyptians, mm-hmm. and then God showed favor in his eyes and brought him up, and then yeah. he ended up getting, but it was crazy, you know, to, to, you know, these bits and pieces start coming together, and it's just like, I know the story of Moses, but I know how the Israelites got into, got sure. into Egypt and stuff, and so it was, so that was cool, Yeah. you know, to... To get to get those pieces from together, it it is a bear to get through, and, and I I feel you. You know, um, I <laughs> I was I reading. Didn't keep you very motivated while you're trying to work out either. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped a couple chapters. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well. Yeah. I, I was reading Exodus boys because most the first half of Exodus is story, you know. But but then that last part they go into how they built the temple and the ephod <laughs> and all that and. Yeah. And I kind of had this, boys, this is what's happening here. You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
But but it does it does set the stage for the rest of the Old Testament. So if you can get through um, ha- the last half of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, okay, and then Deuteronomy is like uh, it is like a summation of the other four, okay. Um, but if you can get through those, you start to see because because the rest of the Old Testament is them running away from the law and then continually returning to it. And then you'll see that they had to reset up the temple at different times. They had to go back and read the law of Moses. And once it was lost and they rediscovered it. And they, and so it, it does set the stage for reading all of those precepts. Of this is how we're going to organize things. And if nothing else, what you're doing is you're realizing that God was so meticulous in setting up the system that was supposed to be the, sh- the type and shadow. There was nothing that wasn't covered, you know. Down to where if they lost everything, which they did, they lost the temple, they lost, they, they had to rebuild it, and they had the instructions on how to, re, how to rebuild it. So, um, so it is good to read through. It, it, those two books, two and a half books, you've got to push, push past it. Yeah. But, but I still recommend reading it because there is a lot of symbolism that carries forward to Christ. There's a lot of little nuggets in there that... But but yeah, it is it is a bear. It's not it's not the most entertaining book, yeah. but but it is it is essential. What? And so my takeaway from all that detail is like God is into details. He mm-hmm. gives you exactly what you need, and that's exactly what they need at that time. They need mm-hmm. to know all the specifics. Yeah. For whatever reason, He had set up, yeah. and so therefore it's like, well, God does the same for us. He mm-hmm. gives us exactly mm-hmm. what we need. He gives us all the specifics. Not the specifics on how to deal with Christmas, but the specifics on how to deal with our attitudes mm-hmm. and our yeah. words, That's and, right. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so some of that takeaway is big picture, Yeah. you know, and like I said before, a lot of my big picture is like, gosh, I feel like I've heard this story before. Like, haven't we been around this mountain before? Like, mm-hmm. keeps, I feel like God keeps saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're evil, therefore these punishments. Mm-hmm. You're evil, therefore these punishments. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and, and sometimes I think, wow, I thought we were so bad in our society today, but we really aren't any worse than they were. Yeah. They were bad. Oh. Oh my gosh. It, in fact, it's, I, I have a partial opinion <laughs> that, that I, I believe. Part of the reason why you see in, in this, you know, we, we say we're developed. What we are is we're post-Christ. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that the Christian message and the Holy Spirit is here convicting the world of sin. Mm-hmm. You have governments that have a conscience now that had no conscience back then. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was bad. The kind of punishments, mm-hmm. they didn't lock you up and feed you three times a day. They mm-hmm. put you on a stake. You know, it was not... Yeah. So uh, the world is, I think, is way better. And I I think it's not way better because we're evolving. It's because Christ came and died, and there's a conscience here, and the world is privy to it, and the devil's having to grapple with the conscience that the Spirit has brought. So I think we are. I I think that that's an opinion. That's not, you know. So, um, yeah, it was bad back then. And, and and you get to feel why it was so bad. This is why the law was so strict. You do this, you're going to die, you know. But you also see God's heart towards the widow. So you're reading through that law and you hear, this is God's heart toward the widow, toward the toward the sojourner that's with you, toward the slave. He was, there was very fair laws for slaves. And um, people balk at that, but that was their economy at the time. There was, there was no, you know, you can't just say be free. They couldn't provide for themselves, you know. 
So. You know, you know, and some of the, you know, sometimes I have to remind myself, you know, like, like listening to the Bible and stuff. You know, it's not, you know, a lot of these people, you know, they have multiple wives, and mm-hmm. and you know the the wife the the wife gave her servant so that they could have, you know, and stuff. And, and I and I got to remind myself that like. That's, you know, the New Testament is totally different. You know, the, it lays stuff out. You know, like, that's you know, right. No, 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 yeah. You know, but it's just like, man, that's, it doesn't seem right. Like, <laughs> the wives and, and, and everything. But, yeah. but it's but it's nice to, to hear those things, I guess, to, to know how it was, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, but, but, yeah, I imagine trying to keep all those wives happy. Well, I mean, there's a lot that went on back then. And I was like, I couldn't even tell. And better read it, you and the Spirit. This is being recorded. So. <laughs> oh, hold on. Hold on. Anyway. I wanted to ask you guys, what app do you guys use to listen to the Bible? Because I have the, uh, a Bible app downloaded, but I don't know if mine does where it'll read it to me. I just do the Holy Bible when it came on my phone. I feel like that's the same one. Mm-hmm. But I think, I feel like, I feel like the version for iPhone is different for Android. But maybe I need to dig into it a little bit more. But I also thought about maybe just downloading the Bible on Audible because I have an Audible account. And I like that I can have different versions. Yeah. I can well, I could find Maybe it. Maybe I need to download a version I, that does read it to me. Maybe I need to dig into it a little bit. I know there are versions that will read to you. Um, Maybe that's what it... Maybe I need to dig into it a little bit more. I, I, if you go to Bible Gateway, which is where I do all my different versions, there's a Audible Bibles, and it lists all okay. the Audible Bibles okay. over there. Okay. You can just click on that and pick one. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's because one. I like, never used to be the type that would <laughs> listen. I like to... Read and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get anything out of it if I'm listening to it. Yeah. I, yeah. I prefer yeah. that because, like you said, when you're driving, when you're in the yeah. shower, when you're cleaning, when you're—I yeah. mean, all these times that I can't sit down and read a book, but yeah. I can listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a lot different. And yeah. there's even audibles in Latin. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> there you go. So in the Catholic so Church. You know, like. Like a lot, like during service and stuff. Now, a lot of times I'll flip through like Amplified and, and NIV and, and King James and stuff. Um, I mean, I I don't think there's necessarily a wrong, a right or wrong version, but I mean, but NIV, you know, because sometimes I, I wonder, you know, is like, you know, is is this, you know, is there stuff put into this that's not yeah. actually. In the Bible. Um, I'm by no means an expert on that subject. I know that there is, uh, what I go for is literal translations. I know that there are other translations that are called thought for thought, where what they do is they try to take the thought that's in the scripture and then put it into English. Uh, I would rather not. I would rather just literal. So I'm, King James is more literal, but you will find errors. Um, and that just, you know, I, there are so you just have to deal with that. It, Paul didn't speak King James, and King James only people can just deal with that. You know, like um, I like ESV. Um, just know that some of the more modern translations they take into account new new scripts that have been new uh, scripts that have been found, and they will let you know 
uh, older transcripts or older manuscripts don't have these verses, and then they'll put it at the bottom. You know, uh, so some sometimes it'll in King James it'll say prayer and fasting. Sometimes in in ESV it'll say just prayer, and then it'll say other manuscripts say and fasting. Um, so just keep those things in mind. You can you can do a little self initiated search and read about that. I don't I don't like the thought for thought translations. I like literal. I like ESV, uh, King James, um, New American. New American, maybe. I, I'm not you sure. Like no. The I have I have liked the tr- I have liked the passion uh, I have I especially like all the extra that they tell you about the versions yeah. or about the what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, um, yeah the, I like that. Yeah, the the passion has been like an emotional amplified. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it feels like. Everything is more emotive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and, more geared behind love. Yeah, and yeah. The Greek, isn't it? Uh, well. They give you their reason for why they did it that way at the beginning of the book, and I recommend reading that. Why? I would recommend that for most of the Bibles that you read is what was prompting this new translation. Sometimes it's money, you know. Um, but, but um, yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what their methodology was for that, but they were wanting to... Well, he started out with Song of Solomon. That was the first right. version that Okay. Did. They do Song of Solomon, Proverbs, Psalms. Yeah. And the New Testament, those, yeah. right? And I think they've got Isaiah done now. Oh, okay, okay. What I like, what I like to do, or encourage people, what I do myself is I use the, I use King James Amplified and my New American. But I, I will go once in a while if I'm prompted, I'll go read the Passion on what it says there or something else. But I usually have those three in front of me when I'm studying, and I go back and forth and I look at all of them. Mm-hmm. Plus, then I always, I always use the. Um, Concordance to um, look up the exact meaning with the with the Greek. Yeah. Because what because what is NIV? NIV. Uh, I, I tend to shy away from. I think there's more issues with this than that. Here's the thing. NIV. Page prefers NIV because, and I think a lot of younger people do because it's easy to understand, mm-hmm. but it does it like you said sometimes. And I, I, you know, I wouldn't tell anybody not to use it, yeah. but I would also tell them to put several other <laughs> pages looking for Bibles for Berta says I really recommend King what, James, and Paige is like I want NIV. Yeah. So you know, but she, yeah. but, but if she gets something, up, would, yeah, you know, get your amplified with it or or New King James. You can also find Mom's, um, and, and I know it's eleven thirty. If if anybody just has to go, don't feel like you're breaking up the thing. You're free to go if you guys got appointments and stuff. I will add the, the concordance. You know, like I used to flip through the concordance and find the word for the book and all that. They have versions now where you can click the word in the Bible and it gives you the Greek word and the definition. So I don't have that big Greek concordance with me anymore. I just click the Strong's button. And if I'm ever curious about what a word... Yeah, good seeing you, Jess. If I'm ever curious about what a word means, I will just click the concordance button yeah. Yeah. on my phone. Does it? It's got a strong connected to it. That's really helpful. Uh, ESV, I like. I just keep in mind that that they they use newer manuscripts that they found and they kind of they kind of edit it down. Right. You know, and, and, but, like, I've been, like, on the Audible, 
Mm-hmm. But like I said, I I've always wondered, you know, like because I don't want I don't you know want a version that's influenced by 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 opinions and stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I, I I mean NIV is very widely accepted. I couldn't give you a case for or against it. Um, I just don't read it that much, and that's pretty much where I'm at. Um, but NIV is one of the most widely accepted Bibles um, that there there is. But but I I like the more the literal. Uh, and ESV was just a, it was like standard English, but it felt like King James. It was phrased like King James. So, so I really like ESV. I have. Um, yeah.